0: Hello my wonderful, beautiful friends, guys, welcome back to our slash entitled people, where people think the world truly revolves around them, and they can do whatever they want. Guys, strap yourselves in, because we've got thieving Karens, horrible moms, and bridezilla's in this one, and trust me, you'll be shaking your heads. I hope you enjoy the stories, and hey, for all of you who've been asking for me to post on Spotify and iTunes, I'm gonna have the links posted below. With that said, we're gonna dive in guys, so get ready. Okay, so this story happened years ago. When I was 17 years old, our house burned down, and we were actually still in it when the fire started. Thankfully, a passerby woke us up before the fire spread too far for us to escape. So here we are, outside of our house, watching firefighters try to save it, when I noticed my next door neighbor, who my family didn't like, filming the whole thing. Now back then, I still lived at home, and we lived in a small village where everybody knows their neighbors, so I knew who this was, and I decided to confront him. I walk over to him and ask why he thought it was okay to film this. He first gave me some stupid reason how this was a one-time occurrence and how he'd never seen a burning building before, and he wanted to show it to his friends. But then, he seriously starts telling me how traumatizing this whole thing was to him, his wife, and his kids. In detail. He told me how they'd probably never feel safe again living next to our house, how terrible it was that they had to wake up to see a house burned down. All the while, he seemed to be completely oblivious as to who he was telling his sad, sad story to. So here I was, watching our family house burn down, my mother's in hysterics, my little sister's crying, and this man feels the need to tell me how this fire was really bad for his kids, and how his kids would be traumatized forever. Now I wish I could say I let him have it, but I was just too taken aback to respond. And just to clarify, we lived in a neighborhood where all the houses had huge patches of land. So while he was our next door neighbor, our houses were pretty far apart. And there was no risk of the fire jumping to his house. Now that worry, I would have understood, at least. So after the fire, we had to move into temporary housing, while our house was being restored. Now as I said before, we lived in a village where everybody knew each other. So we were still regularly in our old neighborhood visiting the neighbors. It turns out that this guy had been talking to a mutual acquaintance, and he was asking around and planned on suing my family for inflicting emotional damage, for having our house burned down next to him. He was gonna sue us for the emotional harm it caused his family, while my family lost everything. Thankfully, nothing came of it, but yeah, that's my entitled neighbor for you. Guys, I am glad nothing ever came out of that because that would have been the ultimate insult to injury. And honestly, guys, I would have slapped the phone out of his hands at that point. I've never seen a house burn down before. I just want to show my friends and family. Really? Really, sir? Like, how about we set your house on fire and you can go film that? So a couple of days ago, my aunt and uncle were going out of town for two days and they couldn't find a babysitter for my 8 year old cousin. I of course offered to watch my little cousin because I love him and he's awesome. So we mess around the house for a little bit, playing his Xbox and watching TV. After lunch, he tells me that he wants to go sledding. I call my aunt and she said it was fine. So near the school, there's a huge pile of dirt and when it builds up enough snow, it's a popular sledding spot around town. Everyone is pretty nice in general and it's a fun place. We slide down a few times and we have lots of fun. So enters the entitled mom and her terrible offspring. Now the entitled mom is the perfect Karen. Presets with a blonde haircut and the look that says F you all. The Karen looks at the people patiently waiting in line, grabs her child's hand and trots up to the top of the hill. Cutting in front of a bunch of people. Now people really don't do anything except give her dirty looks. I decide to ignore it and begin to push my cousin to start sledding. He slides down, laughing and yelling excitedly. Afterwards, we move to the side of the hill so we don't get hit and we drink some hot cocoa to take a break. It was at this point, the mom pushes her kid down the sled. The kid leans towards the side in the middle of riding and tries to hit people who are walking across the hill. Thankfully, they all carefully walk out of the way and nothing bad happens. About this kid's fourth run, he begins to aim for my cousin. Now I pull my cousin out of the way just in time before the kid hits him. When the woman comes to get her kid to take him back up the hill, I confront her because I let this go the first time and I tend to speak my mind. I say to her, Hey, can you please watch your kid? I think he's purposely trying to hurt others by crashing into them. Now hearing this, the Karen gives me a dirty look and basically tells me to mind my own business. I go back to my cousin and let him watch my phone while he drinks his cocoa. At the top of the hill, I can see the mom saying something to the kid. Then out of nowhere, she pushes her son's sled really hard. The kid then changes course towards me and my little cousin. This time, I was fast. I move my cousin and then push the kid away, causing him to flip over and wipe out. The kid then cries really loud, and of course the mom storms down the hill and begins to scream at me. And she's angry. She's screaming, You effing idiot! You could have killed him! You're an effing worthless piece of crap! I say to her, Um, you were the one who pushed your kid directly at us, using your kid to injure others. The mom proceeds to call me many, many curse words that I don't feel like writing out. At this point, my little cousin's shaking with tears rolling down his face, and I decide to get up and leave. The mom's screaming at me to get the F back here because she's not done with me. So I flip her off and pack my cousin into the car. Later that evening, I found out from some neighbors that this wasn't the first time she tried to pull that crap. Neighbors told me that her and her kid often get a good kick out of it, and she deliberately tells her kid to try to hit people. Now I wish I could say there was a happy ending here, like the woman gets 20 to life in prison or something else, but there's not. Sometimes I see her walking around the neighborhood and I try to avoid her. So yeah, I think the neighborhood needs to get together to stop this irresponsible parent guys before her son seriously injures himself or hurts others. Like is this something that's worth getting police involved in or are we dealing with a situation where someone needs to get a sled and mow her down while she's standing there. See how she likes it. Okay, so I work at a grocery store, and it was a pretty slow day today. I was super bored and had like 2 hours left in my shift, so I was wandering around and looking for my friend, who's also my coworker. So right as I was rounding the corner to the produce section, I hear people arguing near the winery, and also a crying baby. So me being curious and bored, I decide to check it out. Well, it turns out it was my friend, and he was arguing with this woman with an oversized baby bag and a stroller with what looked to be a pretty irritated baby. So I walk up to them and try to mediate the situation. The woman looked to be around her mid-30s, had obnoxiously and obviously dyed blonde hair and a horrible tan. She looked super irritated when she saw me and she rolled her eyes when I started to talk to her. It turns out she had been stealing wine. She was stuffing wine bottles into her baby bag and even hid one behind her baby, which explains the crying, because laying on top of a wine bottle can't be comfortable. My friend had caught her stuffing one of the bottles into her bag, which led to a little argument. When I finally got the context of the situation, I then asked the lady to return the bottle since, obviously, she wasn't gonna buy them. She then starts to get irate. I tell her, ma'am, you need to return these wine bottles because you're stealing from the store. The lady screams, no! Which at this point, my friend tells her, yeah, you need to give those back. I caught you in your attempt to steal them and you need to put them back. We will have to call police if you refuse. Now what she says next still baffles me to this day. The Karen says, I'm a tax-paying citizen, which means I basically own this store. You wouldn't have jobs without me. At this point, the situation was escalating way too fast and other people were beginning to look at us. Eventually, my manager comes out to see what's up. My friend and I were in the middle of explaining the situation, and the lady just takes off running. She left her stroller behind. My manager radios the store security, and they stopped her at the entrance, and I had to push her stroller to where the guards were keeping her. When the crazy woman realized that she wasn't gonna get away, she then takes one of the bottles in her bag and throws it at my manager. It barely missed his head, and it was pretty bad, and then the security guards tried to tackle her to stop her from getting out another bottle. One of my co-workers called police, and my manager was screaming at the lady. I don't know if he'll be pressing charges against her or not. I was put in charge of taking the wine bottles back and putting them away. The police eventually came and arrested her. I don't know if I'll update. Guys, with that Karen logic, everybody should be allowed to steal whenever they want, right? Since we all pay taxes. So OP does come back with an update to the story, and it's pretty interesting. My manager is pressing charges. CPS was called on the lady, but it turns out the baby wasn't even her kid. It was her niece. She was supposed to be babysitting, and she took her baby to the store and then attempted to steal. The baby's mother, who's the mom's sister, apologized profusely to my manager and explained everything. She said her sister was a known alcoholic and a substance addict. I genuinely couldn't believe what I was hearing. I personally wouldn't have left my baby with a known abuser, no matter how clean they claim to be. But that's just my opinion. The mother told us that she's a single mom and she had to work overtime and needed somebody to watch her daughter for a couple of hours as her regular sitter couldn't come. Her parents were on vacation so she decided to take a chance on her sister. She had no idea that she was this unhinged. The woman was arrested for shoplifting and attempted assault with a deadly weapon. My manager is pressing charges for emotional distress. CPS let the mom keep the baby, but I'm pretty sure they might be conducting a search on the baby's living conditions. My friend and I were also reprimanded for confronting a shoplifter, because that does go against store policy. So yeah, that's pretty much what happened. So I'm a musician in a wedding band, and as such, you expect the odd bridezilla now and again. But this particular occasion managed to be a lovely crossover between an entitled parent and an entitled bride. Hold on to your butts. So basically, I don't know what weddings are like in other parts of the world, but here in the UK, about 8pm, everybody makes their way to the main hall. They then take a seat for the bride and groom to enter and begin the first dance. Now, I'd had a few email conversations back and forth with the bride before the night, and she seemed perfectly amicable. I spoke to her in person, and we set up and we were good to go. She seemed a bit stuck up though, but normally, I just put it down to them being a little nervous, or in some cases, too drunk to care. So how was she stuck up? Well, I introduced myself, clearly extended my hand to hers to shake it, and she basically looked at my hand, ignored it, and went back to talking with one of her bridesmaids. I then waited for a gap in their conversation and said, Hi, just to let you know that it's good to go for the first dance at 8. I'm looking forward to it. The bride then turns around to me and said, Eh, can't you see I'm busy? Go away and do your job. That's what I've paid you for. So yeah, she's a bitch. That's fine. I've dealt with horrible brides before. I couldn't spy the groom anywhere, so I did exactly what she said and buggered off for a while. So 8pm rolls around, and we're on stage waiting for everybody to pile into the room. About 10 minutes later, we get the thumbs up from the wedding coordinator to announce them into the room. I announce them in, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the dance floor for their first dance as husband and wife, Mr. and Mrs. Blah Blah Blah. Everyone's clapping, they walk in, but the bride looks fuming. She marches right up to me and says, "I wanted you to announce us as the blah blahs." Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So do it. I smiled, apologized, and tried not to let it bother me, saying, Ladies and gentlemen, give them a big round of applause as they take to the dance floor the Blah Blahs. The bride then glared at me like I just punted a newborn, and then she stomped to the dance floor. So by now, you've got a decent idea of what kind of person I'm dealing with here. Very rude, a control freak, and not lovely at all. So we get stuck into the first dance, and the song is Perfect by Ed Sheeran, so original. There's videographers, photographers, and about 200 people there. So as you can imagine for most wedding bands, the first dance is the main part of the night that you simply have to get right. Now it's pretty stressful, but as long as you're confident and know the song, you're golden. That is, unless the bride's snot nose infant decides that it's time to enter your life. So this kid appears out of nowhere, and he starts running around the bride and groom. He's just above knee height, so I don't know, maybe he's three years old? For some reason, he's carrying some sort of a stick with a ball on the end of it, kind of like a wizard's wand. They're laughing, everybody thinks it's funny and cute, ha ha great. And then the kid decides it would be a great idea to abandon them both, and while we're performing the most important song of the evening, he happily runs up to the drum kit and starts smashing the cymbals, while my drummer is trying to play the effing song. Now cymbals are very expensive, and they don't appreciate being hammered by things that aren't drumsticks. Anyway, I'm just singing away, trying to ignore it and assuming that someone, anyone will come and collect the kit. An auntie, an uncle, a grandparent, No, that would be the logical thing to do, but nobody comes up. I'm trying to sing the song, and just at the second chorus, all you can hear is ting ting ting, smash, smash, smash. At this point, my drummer stops playing for a couple of bars to politely gesture the kid to move away. The kid does stop for a few seconds, so I think it's gonna be good. So we're almost at the end of the song. The kid's running back and forth from my side of the stage to the other side. Now there's cables all over the area, and speaker stands with, with enough force could be knocked over if tripped into. Not only that, but the drum kit itself. The bride also seems oblivious to the fact that her son could get his ear sliced off by a cymbal. And yes, they are surprisingly sharp-edged. Who would have known? So at this point, we finish the song. We made it. The bride does not applaud. The groom does seem happy enough though. The kid goes away for a while, and I'm amazed that nobody in the room thought it would be a good idea to just hold him until the dance was over. So we kick off the night, and halfway through the second song of the evening, I have to stop halfway through the song because the kid keeps throwing a balloon, and it either keeps going straight at my face or onto the stage. So I just say to the kid, hey, can you try to keep the balloon away from where we are, please? And then I smile at him. The kid looks confused for a second, and then he takes the balloon and goes away. We keep playing, thinking it's all good. So two minutes later, the bride walks up to us and stops the next song, demanding to speak to me, holding her kid, who's now crying. The bride then says to me, did you tell my son that he can't play around you? Before I can get a word out, she interrupts me and says, this is my wedding. He is my son, he can play when he wants, where he wants, and you've made him cry on my wedding day? I tell her, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to upset him. I, I I was just saying that we don't want him to get hurt. The drum kit can be quite dangerous. He could trip over some. She then interrupts me again and says, he's perfectly capable of looking after himself, you know. This is my wedding. I tell her, you're right. We just don't want him to end up being injured. So would you mind keeping him away from us while we're playing? At that, the bride says nothing. She glares at me and walks away with her kid. All right, So I feel at this point that I've done enough to warn her about the dangers of letting her kids near the equipment. Now I realize that I'm really dragging this out now, so here's the kicker. About two hours later, the kid's still hovering around the stage and annoying me, and I've been forced to guide him away from several dangerous positions. The kid is running around the dance floor. The dance floor is not really far away from the band, and the kid is running like crazy. He then slips, puts his hand out, and he slices his finger on a cymbal. Now there's blood all on the dance floor, which I didn't notice until my guitar player stopped playing with a horrified expression. The kid's screaming. The bride is nowhere to be seen, so I stop the song, take my bass off, and have a look. The kid's index finger is like, split open, you can see the bone. So a guest finally comes up, while another one runs to get the bride, and I'm freaking out. I'm telling my drummer to phone an ambulance. Now I know it sounds absolutely stupid, but I was genuinely panicking thinking, oh my goodness, this kid might die or something. I can laugh about it now, but at the time, I was freaking out. The bride then comes in, announces her presence with an ear-splitting shriek. She then picks up the kid, and instead of carrying him somewhere else, she stands there and screams at me, this is your fault! Look what you've done. Look what you've done to my boy on my wedding day. The hotel doctor comes down. An ambulance comes to take the kid to the hospital shortly after. Bride and groom leave with the kid. The rest of the night was ruined. Everybody who was drunk was told to stumble home and it wasn't even 11pm yet. Needless to say, we packed up our stuff and we left. Now, we obviously didn't get paid, but the bride left us a review, which was genuinely full of so many expletives that I could barely read it. Basically, she tried to imply that I was being horrible and picking on her kid all night. So the moral of the story is, if you're gonna bring kids to a wedding, make sure that you can either A, control them, B, get someone else to look after them, or C, don't act like your kid is a freaking superhero who can't do any wrong and can withstand sharp edges of a symbol. Now, this was all two years ago. Thankfully, nothing like that has happened since. But the amount of parents who let their kids do whatever the heck they want at weddings amazes me. Guys, I feel like that woman ruined her own wedding. And that's what mega entitlement will get you. Like, just have a family member watch your kid, right? Like, now everyone's gonna remember that wedding day, not by how amazing the bride and groom looked, or how beautiful everything was, but how her son sliced his finger open on a symbol and had to go to the hospital to get stitches. I'm a 17-year-old female, and I have an online shop that I've been running for about two years now. It sells mostly stickers with custom art as well as other small items. I've put a lot of work into it. Basically, if I'm not doing school stuff, I'm working on my stuff for my shop, and I love it. The pandemic has let me put even more time into it, and over the past 10 months, it's done really well. I have a good chunk of money saved for university and other things. So my sister is 25 years old. She's divorced and she has two kids, a one and a two year old. She's also got a job and child support. We've never gotten along, and she's always acted like she was embarrassed by me. One of the things she's always made fun of was my sticker hobby. She said my stickers were juvenile, and I'm just creating more garbage in the world. So recently, she totaled her car, and she can't afford a new one. My parents told her to ask me for a loan, as they can't afford to help her. Now at that, she sort of scoffed, and asked them how much a loser like me could have, as I don't even work. They told her I'm doing very well for myself, actually, and I even have enough saved for university, etc., etc., Now immediately hearing that, she calls me, demanding I buy her a new car. Like, not asking me, demanding me. She said I didn't need the money, that I could get student loans like she did, and I was a bad sister for not offering to help her out when I knew how tough she had it. She says she's a single mom, and that I can't even imagine the struggle it is trying to get by with two kids. But my sister eats out all the time, she buys expensive clothes, shoes, bags, makeup palettes, trips to the spa, etc, etc. And by the looks of it, I had no idea she had it tough. But in fairness, even if I had, I probably wouldn't have given her the money. At no point in this conversation did she even mention paying me back. She said I've never contributed anything to the family, which is a joke coming from her. And that further to buying her a new car, I should give her what I make from my dumb hobby, since as a single mom, she needs the money more than I do, as I live rent-free at home and don't contribute to bills or groceries. Now the thing is, she's not wrong, but I don't want to give her a cent. She's my sister, and I love her, but I don't like her very much. She's a selfish and entitled person, and it bugs me so much that she makes these demands like I'm the one being unreasonable. So I tell her heck no, and that she's probably too good for my stupid sticker money anyway. I then hung up and stopped responding to her texts, calls, and DMs. My parents won't force me to do anything. They say it's all up to me, but that I should reconsider since she's my sister. They tell me there's two babies involved, and I don't need the money right away, and she does. So does that make me an a-hole? It 100% does not make you an a-hole. Opie worked so hard for that money, and she doesn't owe her sister a freaking cent. Especially when her sister's not even trying to be nice about it. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash entitled people. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the stories today. If you did, hit that thumbs up. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, I'm going to link it right here. An entitled Karen accidentally attacks an officer's daughter. It's such a crazy story. So go check it out if you haven't. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim?